Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, after a long couple of weeks, we finally know the outcome of the Cole Custer situation from the Roval. I'm Brandon Monroe, and alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez. Let's jump into it. The number one story of the day, NASCAR hears the appeal from Stuart Haas Racing with uh, the alleged race manipulation scandal that happened at the Roval with Cole Custer and the 41 team. And uh, I think pretty surprisingly, uh, penalties upheld. No changes. Uh, NASCAR actually gets a check mark in the win box for one of these. I think the one that people wanted them to lose the most. Uh, I mean, it's just... It is what it is, but I mean, at this point, it feels like it's impossible for this not to feel just like no one, the line just seems so arbitrary. It just seems so incredibly arbitrary. Uh, A lot of it could be easily solved by just not having penalized Cole Custer to begin with. Uh, But you have the Thor sport thing where they weren't passing, which isn't the same thing for the record. It is different, but it seems like an arbitrary difference. Uh, We have several other instances of the past of drivers not passing their teammates, uh, but seemingly letting your teammate pass is where the line is, is, I guess. I, I almost feel like they came down as hard as they did because of the team it was. With just everything you you know you had happen with Harvick, um, just some of the comments Tony Stewart's made, it, it almost feels like they're just out to get Stewart. Haas. I mean, but I don't think the appeals panel has any skin in Fair. that game. So they they clearly felt like the evidence presented was enough. I wish you know these things were a little bit more public. You I know, wish we could know what but... that evidence was. That's <laughs> that's my thing here because if if your whole case was built around ah oh, Mike Shiplet got on the radio and told Cole Custer he had a tire going down if if you think that's enough man I just I don't know that's that doesn't seem like it's enough to levy a penalty like this and to have it be upheld I mean if they came out with some other information that no one knows about except for the people that were in the room hearing the appeals process. Maybe I'd feel differently about it, but just given everything that I've seen, and then as you brought up other situations that have happened in the past or since then, what you saw at Homestead with Thor Sport, it it just kind of seems wrong. <laughs> that's that's how I see it, anyways. No, I mean I I agree. I don't honestly have a lot to add on it. It just this is a dumb rule. It continues to be what feels like fairly arbitrarily applied. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that, you know, NASCAR handed out the penalty because it was Stuart Haas. It it feels like that could certainly be the case. I don't think that the appeal board upheld it, but I think it's, I don't know. Where's the line? Where's the line, right? Like, uh, Crafton, very, what felt obvious to me, not passing uh, Ben Rhodes, or even an instance of a couple years ago of Eric Jones literally being told to not pass Denny Hamlin. I, I don't see how that... I, I can get the argument that what Chase did is different than what Custer did. I, I can get that argument because I also... 
Chase's one goal, I think, was just to make sure Harvick didn't win. I really don't think it mattered who was in second. Everybody plays that clip with Chase in the pit box where he's like, oh, the five's going to get some help. And I've said it already on here. Like, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. could have been the guy in second. I think Denny Hamlin could have been in second. He and could Chase have said, still... yeah, it, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, in that situation, like, Chase felt like he got wrecked. And I, I think there are some people that say, oh, he's manipulating the finish of the race. Well, I mean, I don't kind of I, that's, that's possibly true, but I think that's the problem with the rule is it just feels mm-hmm. incredibly arbitrary. At what point are you manipulating the race? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we always have that running joke that NASCAR is consistently inconsistent. And I think this is just uh, another one of those moments where you look at it and you see something that happened just a couple weeks later that could fall in the same category. And I know NASCAR said they would go out and investigate what happened at Homestead with Door Sport. I'm with you. I know you said this before, where if there's no radio communication telling Crafton to specifically not pass Ben Rhodes, they probably can't do anything about it anyways. But I really don't feel like they went out there and tried their hardest in terms of investigating and seeing what went on there. And, you know, I... I have no problem with what Thor Sport did. I don't really have a problem with what, you know, Cole Custer did there letting off, if you think that's manipulating the race. To me, I think that line would be what you saw happen with Spingate, where you have, you know, Clint Boyer in that situation. I think causing a caution. I agree. Yeah. I think causing a caution and affecting the literal whole race is quite a bit different Mm -hmm. than pulling over and letting your teammate get a spot. Yeah, or then parking the car like MWR was doing with like Vickers and Boyers. Yeah, I honestly don't even have, like, yeah, I don't have a problem. Honestly, don't have a problem with that either. Mm -hmm. Like, your teammate needs a point to get in. As long as you're not giving up a race win, maybe a top five. And as long as you're not causing a caution or taking someone else out, ruining someone else's race, I think it's fair game. Yeah, I mean, I think what also gets lost in that is like, you know, Ryan Newman had that race won and mm-hmm. he loses that race and he gets knocked out. And, you know, luckily for Carl Edwards and NASCAR that night, we don't really talk about how he probably jumped the restart. <laughs> that always- yeah, really, at the end of the, the two losers <laughs> from that feel like it was Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, and I guess Jeff, because Jeff Jeff would have been in too if it wasn't for that. And then obviously sure. we had, sure. But Jeff got driver. in, and then we got great memes from it. We did. I can't wait until Jeff Gordonary this year. You know, that's going to be a great month. But you know, NASCAR's done a NASCAR, I guess. And you know, I'm, I I can't say I'm shocked. I am I am surprised. I didn't think that penalty was going to get completely overturned. But I thought we were going to see some type of reduction, whether that been in points or the money or even Mike Shiplett's suspension. Like, what is an indefinite suspension? I I know it means indefinite, but is he going to be able to come back after the season's over? Is he still going to be suspended well into next year? Um, that is something that I'm sure Stuart Haas would like to know. Might so, not even matter. Yeah, it, it, it might not. I mean, if Tony gets his way, Ryan Priest might be in the car. They might just clean house and go with a whole, you know, new group of guys on that team next year. So, you know, at least for uh, 
Custer's sake, as we've always said on here, he gets to have a new crew chief for a couple weeks, and you know we'll see how that turns out for him. But you know, just uh, everything about this whole situation just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And even though I'm not uh, too happy with the outcome, I'm just happy we could finally move on from it at this point with two races left in the season and a lot of other things to talk about. Speaking of other things to talk about, uh, it was announced earlier in the week that Luke Lambert will be moving alongside Noah Gregson from the nine junior motorsports car in the Xfinity series to the 42 in GMS in the cup series. Great move. I was, I think what made the most sense. Gregson obviously was good before this year, but him and, and Luke Lambert have just been able to be fantastic together, be literal championship favorites together. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and uh, I expect great things from them. Yeah, I mean, the, you could tell the chemistry's there. Um, they had a great summer. I've seen some people try to discredit it. If you you know you go on social media, and I think some people say, "Oh well, you know, X driver left, and this driver left, and the series is weaker." I mean, I disagree with that. Um, I think some of the top talent in the Xfinity series right now is better than it's been in a long time. Uh, I mean, the only not well, to insult anyone, but the only driver of note that I feel left last year was Cindric. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if if people want to put him out there, I, I I feel like a lot of the people saying this are Chase Briscoe fans because I've seen a lot of people on Reddit when they get into arguments about him was and Cole Custer too, for that matter. Is how impressive were like you know their seasons that they had like in terms of the Xfinity series, and people would always prop up Custer's being better because he had you know Reddick and Bell there and. Briscoe didn't go on his tear until basically everyone left, and it was just him and Austin Cedric. And that that's where I feel like people have been saying the same same thing about Noah. But man, Ty Gibbs at the beginning of the year, there were people, including myself, that came into the season like, man, this guy could have a type of year like you could have seen out of Brad Keselowski in like 2008, 2009, if you just got rid of the cup drivers altogether because of all the limitations you have. And, you know, Ty's had a great year. But no, Gregson's been the better driver between the two, especially in the second half. And I don't think that's something that anybody saw coming coming into the year. And, you know, I know Noah's had his ups and downs, but the performance ever since his incident at Road America with Sage Karam, uh, they've just hit another gear. Uh, you know, you win four races in a row. Uh, you've had the battles that you've had with some drivers. I mean, that that duel with him and Ty at Pocono was great um, and clean, and they were going at it. and. He's really stepped up his game over the last couple months. Darlington. Yeah, Darlington too. Yes, that's that's another one. And that was, you know, involving what, you know, Sheldon Creed and Kyle Larson. I mean, Kyle Creed hasn't been what we were hoping he was going to be this year, but anytime you can go out there and, you know, run wheel to wheel with a cup champion, that's a pretty big deal. And I think keeping Luke, who obviously not with this next gen car, but he's been in the cup series before. I think that's definitely going to help. Um, you've seen a good foundation laid so far this year with Eric Jones. It was petty GMS. I think just adding another person in there, like a Luke Lambert, who seems to have a very good connection with Noah Gregson. It's a definite plus, And I think that's going to benefit, you know, the whole organization greatly comes next year. 
both of them, both guys there, are former Gregson crew chiefs. Mm-hmm. I guess one of them will still be current, but uh, I don't remember off the top of my head who is Eric Jones' crew chief. But I'm I'm almost positive it was Allen's, right? Gregson's, yeah, Gregson's crew chief before. Yeah, so. I think it's Dave Allen's. I think, but I mean, kind of funny. Like they they take one of Junior Motorsports crew chiefs last year. Now you get one of their drivers and another one of their crew chiefs. I know GMS does have like a relationship with junior motorsports in terms of the driver development program. So, I mean, maybe they get a little bit more notes than everybody else about these guys. I don't know, but they well, seem so you're, to be you're telling me in two years, Daniel die will be in the nine car. Oh, well, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel, uh, maybe, you know, that's, that's a possibility. Uh, we'll see how he does in the truck series next that year. Is just, was that this week that he got announced? Is- yeah, I think it was just a couple days ago too. That was that was another one. So lots of moves there for uh, you know GMS, but that one I'm not shocked by it. No, that, I'm not shocked at all. You know him going winless this year. I know he had a lot of other uh, things going on. That's Arca point. is Arca at this point. Just get out of it. At this I, I don't. While I agree, you know I would like to have seen him go to victory lane. I would have uh, too, but I mean Venturini and uh, JGR slash KBM right now anyway win most of the races. Right. And uh, you know, I I get it. You know, it's probably good for him to get to the truck series, but we'll we'll see how they do next year. That that'll be another interesting piece there. Um, you know, GMS they're definitely doing a good job in terms of making the right moves, and we'll see if Daniel Dye continues to develop at the truck level. I believe they also announced Grain Endfinger's coming back next year, if I remember correctly. Um, so, that's a, you know another good decision, as he's really come on late in the season. I know they... Yeah, I don't know what they figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what they figured out at... Um, right before the playoffs, basically, but, I mean, it worked. And he had... He didn't yeah. make it, obviously. I had a great car this past week, or a great track this past week, and certainly had a shot to win. Yeah, so, no, he you know, put himself have, in contention. I have some good expectations next year. But yeah, I think uh, I think that whole organization's making the right moves, and you know they've had some big moments this year, uh, none bigger than winning the Southern 500 with Eric Jones. But I think getting Noah in that car, it's definitely an upgrade in terms of the driver. I think bringing on Luke Lambert's going to be an upgrade in terms of the crew chief, and that's probably another guy. I know we talked about it a couple months ago, but probably when it was announced he was going to be in the ride, like, where's he going to slot up next year? Where's he going to run in the cup series? And I think, you know, he's probably going to do better than I thought initially, especially now with this move. But man, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be very competitive, probably from like 30th, 28th, all the way up to like that playoff bubble. That's 16th. It's, it's going to be packed next year. And if we don't get the amount of winners that we had this year, uh, I think you're going to see some pretty tight points racing for those last spots. And one more piece of news before we jump into our actual picks and race preview. Uh, David Gilliland's team in the truck series, uh, they are changing manufacturers and they're going by a new name starting next season. Tricon Garage, very unique name. I know a lot of jokes on social media about that one. What does it mean? What's what's the point of this? We'll say their uh, preview truck looks pretty nice that they had out there on Showcase today. 
But they will be making the move to Toyota, as expected. I think that's been something that's been going around for a couple weeks now. The Gray Brothers will be running two of the trucks full-time, and they will have a third truck full-time for Corey Heim, which was also rumored. And it also sounds like they'll have a part-time fourth truck for next season as yeah, well. Yeah, the, the one truck will be part-time, Corey Heim in the 11, Tanner Gray in the 15, Taylor Gray in the 17, but he will miss the first three races. So if I were them, I would just throw someone in. Just keep the truck in an even better spot for the owner's points. Uh, but he will miss the first three races because he won't. None of them are he's eligible for since he won't be eighteen until Coda. Ironically, it is his birthday, but he'd have been able to run it anyway. Yeah, I, I'm sure they'll have somebody in that truck to keep it eligible for the owner points. Have, have we ever had a team who was a garage before? No, no. This is like you don't. I don't know, man. You don't want to spend time in a garage. I don't want to associate. Like I get it, but I. It's Tricon is whatever game. we've had. We've had that part of names be weird before, to be uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, the garage part, I just I don't I don't like that. It's it's odd, Ugh. but you know we'll we'll know the team. It's it's unique. There's going to be nothing else like that out there. So I'll give them that. You know we'll we'll remember the name, but I I'm torn. About this move, it's, I feel like it's definitely a positive for Gilliland's team because you know you're getting that Toyota, you know, factory money. It's probably going to be better than what you have now. But I, I think a lot of people are probably expecting it to be just as good as KBM right out of the gate, and I don't know if they have the facilities, I, they have the personnel. Like I, I don't think they're. No, gonna I don't think they will good. be. But I have literally. I think this is there's this is a no brainer move. Right. You're you're setting yourself up to have secure backing for basically ever, mm-hmm. as long as you perform. I'm this is to me not torn on this move at all. I don't think they're going to come out the gate and be KBM, and I think expecting that is insane. Uh, but I, I'm not torn on the move at all. I think for all parties involved, that makes the most sense. I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I think- I'm not going to judge my opinions based on what people on social media think, Fair. because. They think everything and nothing all at the same time. I'll say, I mean, Corey Heim's probably going to be the best measuring stick on that team. Oh, I think- for sure. For sure. We we know what he can do at KBM. We've already seen it. Uh, whereas there's always these discussions already about what DG, DGR, DGR trucks already were. Uh, and, you know, all these people that acted like the 17 was this mysterious Stuart Haas prep truck when they don't have a, a truck program, whenever uh, Ryan Priest was in it anyway. Uh, I, but Corey Heim, we have we know what he could do in KBM. That is effectively what they're trying to become is KBM. So I'm not going to say if he doesn't win, that means that they're not as good. But I mean, if he, he, I think we would expect to challenge easily for a top five spot in the points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair. I, I've liked what I've seen out of Corey Heim. Uh, in the truck series this year, what what you've seen out of him in ARCA in the past. I think he's a pretty good driver, another very good Toyota prospect. No surprise there. Sounds like Buddy Kofoid's going to get at least the dirt races in that part-time truck, but outside of that, I have no idea who else is going to be in it. Uh, obviously, Haley Deegan, with her connections and contract with Ford, not going to be back in that car next year, or truck next year. That's one driver you could rule out. And I know there were some rumors that Ryan Priest, despite being tied to Stuart Haas, 
might try to find a way to get in a ride with a different manufacturer, maybe think it was a possibility that he would stay with uh, the DGR team as they made this transition, but that doesn't seem to be the case either. So a couple of high-profile drivers uh, in the need of some rides. I think everybody expects Deegan to land at the Xfinity level, but I know you think there possibly could be something else going on there. I mean, I I think all options are open. To me, it would... I, I think Haley Deegan should go up to the Xfinity Series, period. I think what we saw out of her... I know it's one race, but I, I think there's a strong argument that what we saw out of her at Las Vegas is more impressive than anything we ever saw out of her in any truck. I, I don't think that's crazy of an argument. I think based on that, it makes sense just to move her up. But Ford has now one truck team. One truck... Not just one truck team, one truck. Uh, I don't know if there are any of the, the back markers that run Fords, but they're, if they do, it's, they are, don't really count to this. Every other one, they're in the Xfinity series, they have two cars if you want to be generous and count uh, Ryan Sieg, which while I, I like Ryan Sieg and I root for him, not like he's part of the Ford pipeline not like any of their drivers that are driving any of the other cars are part of any kind of real development pipeline they have one truck car right now they need to grow i know brad's talked about it though it sounds like brad's first preference is getting uh the cup team up to four charters although that seems prohibitively expensive right now uh i think you could see another legitimate uh ford full-time in the experiences, but I also think it's possible that uh, furniture front row expands to a second truck, uh, whether or not Deegan would be in that truck. I don't know, but I just, to me, that's, I think both could happen. I think she could go to the experiences and I think front row could expand because they, it did sound like they were doing most of the work themselves by this point anyway. And I don't know, having all the resources for one truck team seems kind of like a waste. Like, I'm torn with, with what to do with her, too, because I'm with I mean, you. I, to be uh, fair, I'm not torn at all. You put her in the Xfinity Series. Right. There, there's more time, period. The races are longer. There are more races. If we go back, which I think is very, very unlikely, to what we had for practice before, then sure. But I think at this point, she needs all the time she could get. I don't see her magically becoming great in the cups or in the truck series. And I think racing around some of the bozos in the truck series isn't beneficial either. Mm-hmm. I'm not torn at all. If you're going to do anything with her, you put her in the Xfinity series. I, people can argue it's not enough time, but she's had two full seasons in the truck series. It's put up or shut up time. I, I think the, the being torn actually comes more from, like, I would just rather see Ryan Priest in one of those rides. Oh, well, sure, sure. In yeah. terms of trying to figure out what to do with Ryan Priest, too, <laughs> I, I get that, I, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is... Ford's in a tricky spot. I, Ryan Priest is definitely better. I don't think anyone really would dispute that. Ryan Priest also a former cup driver who... It wasn't like he was running. He was very unlucky sometimes when those runs weren't fantastic, but it wasn't like he was constantly the slowest car in the field. Yeah, and I, I know Priest has been linked to the 41 in the Cup Series, but my gut tells me Gene Haas is going to win that argument he's having with Tony Stewart. I, unless there is a free agent in, that you are targeting, if if Gene Haas, Gene, which is 
based on what he said, he expects to lose Almirola and Harvick after next year. Uh, and if that is the case, I don't think moving Custer down makes sense unless you have a guy that you're confident you can get that you want in that car, which, I mean, is certainly possible. But you don't know for sure necessarily. And, I mean, you know, I, I to be to be honest, don't. What's what's uh, Cole's dad's name? Joe. Yeah, Joe Custer. It's yeah. just like the same name. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm sure his presence makes things you know difficult. And I mean, I like I said before, I think people forget how young Cole Custer actually is. He's only only 24. Maybe is just now turned 25 or turns 25 next month. Like. Literally, only rookies and Justin Haley are younger than him. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, you're not. As unfortunate as it is, there is. While she doesn't necessarily bring money or a ton of money right now, Haley Deegan being good is far better for your future success and, and future income sources than Ryan Priest being good. As unfortunate as that is, that is just true. The only thing with her, like, I know, obviously, they, they had the whole Danica and, experience. Like, Kaylee Deegan, I feel like, right now, doesn't bring anything close to that. Oh, no, absolutely not. But if she is good and starts winning or running well, I think that could easily, easily change. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I, I just, I don't know why, and maybe it's just because he comes with no funding. Ryan Priest isn't going anywhere, and if you want him in the cup car in 2023, that's easy to do. He'll be there still. I, I don't... I, I agree Even if I he goes think. and races for someone else next year, I have a hard... If you have him penciled in for a cup ride in 23, I have a hard time imagining there's any other team he ends up at in the cup series where you can't just get him back in 23. I, I would like to know the team junior heard that he was talking to, because he did mention on his podcast, like last week that, you know, priest might move around. And that, that's where I thought possibly, yeah, maybe he's going to stay in the seventh. He also, he also mentioned that Cole Custer had an offer from an Xfinity team that was not Ford to race. Uh, I think it was next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't know, maybe, Maybe Junior was trying to get Cole Custer. I mean, I mean he, they knew he, the nine was open. I know, you know, like it's not like Custer hasn't run for him before. He ran. For I would, him. I would guess he, that it oh. was not. You know, it's just wild speculation. I think we can about wrap up this, but I would not be surprised if it was either Colleague because they have their hands everywhere. I a lot has been made of Trackhouse's success, but it, uh, Colleague, I don't think is. I think they kind of get a little bit overlooked in how much they are trying to be a winning organization. I think that just comes down to they started the year off a lot slower and they didn't they go did. to victory lane. That, that is true. That is true. Yeah. I mean, not, that's that's not a like, knock to, on that. To me, in terms of their overall, like, not. I mean, it's not crazy, I think, to say that right now Trackhouse is better than Ganassi has been since at least the early 2000s. Maybe ever. I think there is almost an argument forever. I think at the end of the day, they haven't won enough races this year to truly cement. Oh, that could easily change in a couple weeks if Ross Chastain is the one that hoists the, cho- the trophy after Phoenix. But, they, you know, they still have got to absorb Ganassi, which helped a lot. Colleague certainly leaned on RCR, but 
they uh, there'll be a fourth to come. But I, those are the two that I think is what it feels like to me that it was either JRM or um, Colleague. Junior's talked a lot about every time you get a driver or you lose the driver, or you lose a crew chief. You you your goal is to always get better. And uh, I mean, I think if Cole Custer went there, they could not that he's better than Noah Gregson, uh, but I mean. Seen what in the Xfinity it. series, it's possible yeah. to make that argument. So. Yeah, I mean, if you put him, you saw what he's done at Stuart Haas, and you know Bobby Dodder's team. Granted, that was a Stuart Haas back car when he won an Auto Club this year. I mean, you put him in Junior Motorsports, and if they're anywhere close to what they've been this year, he's probably going to go out there and win ten races. I don't think that's a crazy stretch of the imagination there. So it wouldn't shock me if Dale was maybe the one. Um, colleague to me does sound like that would make a lot of sense too, because especially if you're trying to get better, you know, you got to replace AJ with somebody again. That's another one. Cole Custer could be a better, you know, a, a pretty good fit there in the Xfinity series for them if they were able to get them. But at the end of the day, I think they made a good decision with Chandler Smith coming on board. You know, Junior Motorsports, they didn't get a bad driver in Brandon Jones. That's somebody who's probably going to go out there and maybe win a race or two, or maybe he'll take a step. Maybe he'll be a bit better, you know, next year with a team that probably is going to focus more on him than Joe Gibbs racing probably has over the course of this year. And, uh, you know, that, that could be all the difference for him. So we'll see. I know the Xfinity series is going to be very fun next year, regardless of, you know, who's in, you know, there could be a couple more drivers that get their, uh, you know, their ride sorted out and end up there next year. You know, the truck series too. Uh, you know, I mentioned, or you mentioned with uh, Taylor Gray, yeah, he's going to miss the first couple races, but I think the kid's good enough where you're going to see him in the top 20 in points, no problem. And if he could pick up a win, which he was very close a couple of times this year of doing, then you're probably in the playoffs. And maybe Tanner takes another step. And at the beginning of the year this past year, it looked like maybe he was. He kind of fell back a little bit, but you did see improvement out of him. If you're getting the money that I think everybody expects and the personnel and the equipment with uh, this move to Toyota should present them, uh, that's another guy who could possibly be in that conversation for a playoff spot. So, you know, all in all, I think a very good move for David Gilland and his truck team. Uh, we'll see where the other pieces fall with the fallout with a couple drivers that are probably going to be looking for some rides as uh, they make that switch to Toyota. But uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get more news here in the coming weeks and uh, probably next month or so, too, um, in terms of what the landscape is going to be in the truck in the Xfinity series. But big moves, and we'll uh, we'll see how it turns out next year. All right, now. So now, now we can start talking about the real fun, which is the Xfinity and Cup series going to Martinsville for their last race of the round of eight. This is going to be the race that is going to determine the final four for both series. Let's start with the Xfinity series. And before we get into the picks, let's kind of just set the landscape here of what's going on, who needs to do what in terms of getting into the final four at Phoenix. And so obviously, Josh Berry, Noah Gregson, already locked in. Uh, currently, Ty Gibbs sits 30 points on the cut line. Probably still feels pretty safe, and I, I think he probably should, as long as he doesn't have an absolute disastrous of a race. Then we have a dogfight. Three drivers that are trying to fight for points for the last spot. AJ Allmendinger currently in by five. Justin Allgaier out by five. Austin Hill out by seven. Sam Mayer and Brandon Jones basically in must win. Sam Mayer 28 back. Brandon Jones 38 back. 
but this being the last race before the uh, Homestead, or before uh, Phoenix, I think it also makes sense to look at uh, what we currently stand with championship odds. And there are a couple ones I, I do like quite a bit here. Uh, I, I do like Justin Allgaier, honestly, at plus 1,200. AJ's good, but I think Justin Allgaier is probably better at Martinsville, and I think at five points, uh, Justin Allgaier should probably be favored over Allmendinger to get in. And I think at Phoenix, Justin Allgaier has a way better chance of winning than AJ Allmendinger. Although, I mean, AJ's had some really good runs lately. I think he would, if say Phoenix was certainly not one of his better tracks, whereas Justin Allgaier has arguably his best track. Uh, but I also like Sam Mayer and Brandon Jones, both at plus 10,000. One, I think they're both capable of winning at Martinsville, which would automatically lock them in. And I, I don't know if we've ever seen a championship, at least since we went to the playoff point format, a championship uh, eligible, eligible driver at the finale be worse than even plus a thousand. Mm-hmm. So 10,000 for two guys that could win this race. I mean, Brandon Jones literally won this race uh, at Martinsville back in the spring. Sam Mayer obviously could. And Brandon Jones, I said it a couple months ago when we first made our predictions, uh, really good at Phoenix. So I, I certainly think he could have a shot if he gets there. So but plus 10,000 for both of them. If I could, I I probably would put ten ten dollars down on both of them. Yeah, I mean, ten bucks to win a thousand—that's no brainer. Uh, I think he really sold me on the Brandon Jones one. Not saying he's gonna win the championship, but again, as you mentioned, yeah, I certainly don't think he's going right. to win it. But I think at those odds, it's it, it, you, well you worth run, it. You run this out, you know, a hundred times. You tell me Brandon Jones is gonna win the championship even once. I would I would take that. You know, these tracks line up for him. Uh, I know he had some help in the spring race here, but he was still in position to take advantage of it when that help came. So he has to win at Martinsville. He's won at Phoenix before in a race where he just, you know, beat Kyle Busch. And, you know, anytime he beat Kyle Busch, it's a big deal. But in the Xfinity series, um, especially for a regular like Brandon Jones to go out there who, you know, go out, beat Kyle, that that's the guy. He's the best in the series. You know, there's been nobody better in the Xfinity series than Kyle Busch. Uh, that's a big deal. So, yeah, plus plus ten thousand. I you can't really go wrong with that. Throw a couple dollars on there. Something happens at Martinsville. He wins the race. You know, he was he probably had the second best car to Noah Gregson at Phoenix in the spring. I don't think that's a stretch. So, he's definitely got a shot. And if I were making these odds, I would say it's a lot better than plus ten thousand. So I'm definitely with you in terms of a long shot. I would definitely go with Brandon Jones over Sam Mayer. Uh, I agree. I agree. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I think, honestly, even though he won um, at at here in the spring, I feel like Sam Mayer is actually probably more likely to win this race than Brandon Jones. But in terms of winning the championship, which is what matters for this bet, I agree. I think Brandon Jones is probably more likely than Sam Mayer. Yeah. But, you know, either one of those, if you want a lottery ticket, you you have one this week in uh, the NASCAR world, and that's for the Xfinity future bets. Uh, Austin Hill at plus 2,500, I don't love it as much, but with just how he's run throughout the playoffs, I don't think that's bad. Now, if we had a plate track to end the season, if we I had just a, up on that. intermediate oval, mm-hmm. I, I would be all over that. I These two tracks, I think Austin Hill did finish fourth here uh, in the spring, here being Martinsville. Uh, I just... 
I certainly think he's the underdog of of Amundinger, Algaier, and himself to make it through. These tracks aren't what we've seen his strength be in the Xfinity series. Uh, but if one of these, just one, honestly, was just a regular cookie cutter oval, I would be much more likely to to put money on that bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what the slate looks like in terms of the future bets. In terms of actually winning the race, though. A little different. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, Noah Gregson, he's at the top for both. He's plus 150 to win the championship, plus 200 to win the race. Obviously, Gregson's been, you know, the fastest driver this year. Um, maybe not the most consistent. I'd still give AJ that. But I just don't know what they're going to do. Like, they're already locked in. They don't have to go out there and, and try. Noah's going to go out and try to win. Like, I agree. He's not going to do anything stupid. Uh, certainly is not going like to put like his teammates at, right. at risk, but I mean, I I wouldn't bet him necessarily because I'm I'm inclined to agree, but I certainly uh, would not be shocked if he walks away with the win. Yeah, like I'm not saying I don't expect him to lay over or anything like that, but you know it's it's going to be a race where he's probably not gonna. Push it like you've seen Noah Gregson do before. I guess just go go out there, have a solid day, try to run as clean as possible, not get anyone mad at him going into Phoenix. So he'll have a normal shot at that championship. But you know, I'm I'm with you. I'm just I'm not feeling him to win this race. Um, you know, there are a couple guys there that I do like some more than others. I'll let you go first, though. Who who do you think it's going to be? Who is I'm your favorite? I'm going with someone I've picked earlier, earlier being months ago at this point, to make the final four. I've picked him to make the champion or to win the championship. Certainly has a shot if he gets there because it's uh, Justin Allgaier at plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. I do, I do like that pick. You know, Justin's had an up and down playoffs, obviously, um, but. If you don't think it's going to be a Gregson or even a Josh Berry, who's very good here, uh, going with the other junior motorsports car, probably the safe pick. I'm I'm feeling Ty Gibbs for this one. That That's who I'm going with. Just absolutely dominated the race in the spring. Uh, didn't look like anyone was going to be able to touch him until the late yellows. And you had the, the late race restart where he got shuffled back and then obviously had a an incident with Sam Mayer on pit road after the race. But it it just feels to me with Ty here, he was so good in the spring, and I I my gut just tells me he's gonna have another dominating performance, and this time there won't be any shenanigans at the end of the race. That might be asking a lot. I know these cut races, especially to get into the final four, they could get really crazy at the end. You saw how crazy it got last year. But I'm just gonna stick with the gut. Sometimes that's the uh, best way to go, and I'll take Ty Gibbs. I think uh, it's uh, his uh, his race to punch his ticket into the final four. Uh, looking at the value picks again, I think with uh, a lot of us feeling that the guys near the front in terms of the favorites are the ones that are going to be contending. A little bit harder to find a value guy for this one. Yeah, what one of Two guys at 1,500, one being Austin Hill. The other one, and this seems insane to me. I get what cars he's in, but it just feels absolutely insane. Uh, Sammy Smith plus 1,500. Had some good runs, but I don't think he's as like likely to win as Austin Hill is. 
that's a pretty big gap there back to someone plus 4,000. I am actually going to pick one of the plus 4,000 guys. Don't really love any of these, like you said, uh, but I'm going to go with Sheldon Creed at plus 4,000. Yeah, not a bad one. I am going a little further back. Uh, give me the guy who finished second here in the spring. Uh, Landon Castle kind of came out of nowhere, was able to just navigate all the madness at the end of the race. But again, he was there. It's similar to Brandon Jones. He's able to take advantage of the situation that was laid out in front of him. And honestly, it just, I think, I think it's the best value. Like, you know, you took Creed, obviously. I'm not going to follow you on that. And Sheldon Creed, that's just, that's a coin flip. He's, he's either going to be up front contending for the win or he's going to be backwards in the fence by lap 75. Like, that's just how his year's gone. Um, I'm with you two on the Sammy Smith thing. Like, he looks like he's going to be a very good race car driver. I'm not going to be shocked if he is in one of the Joe Gibbs cars full-time next year. But it's really asking a lot for him to just go out there and win this race when there's going to be a lot of other stuff going on. So Castle to me, you know, he has nothing to lose. Obviously, missed the playoffs, but he ran decent here in the spring. And if it gets crazy like it did at the end of the race in the spring, I think that's somebody who might know how to make the right moves and you know, at least get you up front. I know it's been a disappointing year for Landon. You know, everything that's gone, you know, just happened with that team and colleague hasn't been as good as what I think a lot of people hoped. Um, if he were to get a win before the season's over, I, I think that would mean the world to him. So be good momentum going into next year. And I'm, I'm sure he would, uh, <laughs> he'd be very happy with that if he was able to score his first NASCAR win. Looking at the head-to-head bets, you know, as always, there's, uh, there's at least a couple that I have circled right now just looking at them uh, that might be sticking out. But uh, what's the one that you're going to be going with well, here on this? there's one I'm going to leave for you because if you don't take it, I'm going to say very mean things to you. Uh, but I'm going to go with Brandon Jones over AJ Allmendinger. Brandon Jones plus 100. I don't love it, but... Even money on the guy that won the race here in the spring, I'll take it. Yeah, I think for me, listen, there's there's two that I kind of like here. But I'm going to go with the one because I feel more confident that he is going to win this race than the other guy. Uh, the two long shots in terms of the championship odds. I'm going to go with Brandon Jones minus 110 over Sam Mayer, who's also at 110. Ah. I, I just don't get how you pick Ty Gibbs to win the race and don't pick, take Ty Gibbs plus 110 over Noah Gregson. It's, it's actually plus 120, and I didn't oh, sorry, see 120, that. Sorry, 120, 120. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that one down there. <laughs> it's on the very bottom for me. That one, that one definitely uh, slipped through the cracks. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, Ty, Ty Gibbs at plus 120. Um, uh, very, very for, fair point. If I actually saw that one. I definitely would have went with that. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably deserve any uh, <laughs> any mean thing you got to, to come my way after that. I'm going to be honest, like, uh, you kind of psyched me out there when you were saying that. I'm like, is he talking about Josh Berry at plus 100 over Justin Allgaier? Because no. I'm like, yeah, Berry, to me, like, I feel like he's better at Martinsville than Allgaier. I, that's probably true. That is probably true, to but, be fair. But. but again, it's the same way I feel about Noah Gregson. It's like, I don't expect Josh Berry to lay over. He's going to want to go out there and win a clock. But how aggressive are they going to be? How how serious are they going to be there? Um, 
but yeah, no, Ty, Ty Gibbs plus 120 since he is my pick to win the race. Uh, that that one is definitely one that I like over Noah Gregson. Minus 140, like, there's just no value there. Like, if that was Allgaier that was in that same matchup, I'd feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe Gregson's the way to go just with how his year's been, um, how great he's been. If you don't think Gregson's going to play it safe, then, yeah, he probably could go out there and, and beat Justin, but... Ty Gibbs plus one twenty. Um, that's a that's a no brainer as well. So, I guess I guess we'll give me two here. Give me give me Brandon Jones over Sam there. Give me Ty Gibbs over Noah Grayson as well. Because uh, you are right. That's a pretty pretty dumb on mine. And not to notice that before I actually threw out a pick. Uh, both of those definitely good ones to go with in my eyes. Going over to the fantasy side. Uh, a lot of drivers with high values here. I think this could definitely be a race where you have somebody go out and dominate. Uh, anybody you have pegged a beer lead anchor driver here for this one? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going with my pick to win, Justin Allgaier. Go out there, dominate the race, and win it, 10400 Next, another guy that I think could win it and is in a situation that needs to win it, uh, Sam Mayer, 9700 Then I have Sheldon Creed at 9000 And I mean, the honest truth here is that was just the best pick I thought with the money I had left. The bottom three are three names that have been said quite a bit uh, by us in terms of uh, just anchoring out fantasy teams. Uh, Nick Sanchez, 7,700. Kyle Weatherman, 6,900. Raja Carew, 6,100. In the cars we are used to seeing them in. Nick Sanchez in the 48. Kyle Weatherman in the 34. And Raja Carew in the 44. Yeah, so for my team, uh, we're going to start out with my pick to win the race. And that's Ty Gibbs. I, I just expect him to go out there and have a really strong performance like he did in the spring. Uh, next up, we're going to mix it up a little bit on this team, and we're going to go with A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of momentum with that team with how they came out of Homestead. Uh, Martinsville is always a track that you think of A.J. doing good at, you know, in terms of ovals. Um Four probably is run at Homestead because man, that's both the Xfinity and Cup Series. Great run by AJ. I know we said that earlier on in the week when we were reviewing the races, but A plus performance, and I think they're going to have momentum going into this race at Martinsville. We're going to see another strong day, and maybe it'll be enough to get them into the playoffs. Um, next up, I did go with Sam Mayer at ninety seven hundred, and you know it's it's similar to what you said with Sheldon Creed with the money that I had left there I didn't want to go cheap I didn't want to go with a Landon Castle Riley Herbst and Daniel Hemrick and you're looking at the other guys Creed to me it's it's a little, it's too much of a risk for me to want to put I, mean, I, certainly, on him. I certainly like Mayer more than Creed if those are right. the guys you're left with like I don't right. think that's a, yeah a real the, discussion. the other two Austin Hill which I'm with you. If it was a mile and a half track, I probably would go Austin Hill here just because I have more faith that he could finish the race. And Sammy Smith, as good as he is, just, you know, first start at Martinsville in one of these cars. Who knows what it's going to be? He'll probably have a strong day. I'll probably regret not going with Sammy Smith. But for this one, I do think Sam Ayer is just the the best option given the equipment he's in and what you've seen out of him. He's got to be able to keep it clean. It's kind of like a... Sheldon Creed, where, man, he could back it in the fence or he could have a strong day. You're not going to know until they drop the green flag. But if he is on the good side of that, I expect him to put up a lot of points. Um, next up, Stefan Parsons, you know, mid-tier pick. You've seen his value go up. He is 7,300 this week, but I, I think that 
that's still a decent price for him, given how he's run. I, I will say he is not in the 45 this week. You're right, he's in the 99? I think I saw it was the 78. I hate DraftKings sometimes. They never... They yeah, never no, they, they are awful at updating updating that. It's like they, they assign it to them once and then never change it. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I saw on Jayski he was in the um, the 78. Yeah, I, I think with a short track like Martinsville, like if this was a mile and a half, that would make me a little more cautious going with them. I think a short track, more, you know, driver-oriented, I guess you would say. Uh, not as worried about that. I think he'll be able to keep the car clean, and if this race gets crazy, I think he'll be able to miss the wrecks, and he'll be able to get you a good points day. Um, last two, uh, Bailey Curry. I used him, you know, last week. I think it was last week. Um, he's had some decent runs, um, and he's been able to nab some sponsorships, too which is uh, very interesting. I, I don't know how he's been getting, you know, like Alka-Seltzer and I believe I think a leaves on the car this week. I don't I don't know how they're pulling these old NASCAR sponsors just out of the grave and throwing them on their uh, the JD Motorsports cars. But uh, another another pickup for him. And I think he could put together another solid run. And last but not least, uh, we're going with Patrick Emerling. Uh, very good value down there. Forty nine hundred. Again, Emerling, a guy just that I know well from watching him in the modified tour. Uh, solid driver. Nice seeing him get some Xfinity start. Uh, Xfinity starts with his uh, team, uh, Emerling Gase Motorsports, and I think that's another one. Obviously, knows how to run around Martinsville. Another, you know, clean outing. He's averaging twenty three and a half points. Somebody at forty nine hundred getting you twenty three and a half points. It's a no brainer to put him on the team, and that's why he's rounded mine out for the race on Saturday. Now over to the Cup Series, and again, just like the Xfinity Series, let's kind of set everything up here in terms of the you know playoff projections, what the standings are, and uh, take a look at some championship odds before we get to the race picks. Yeah, going through it, uh, the ones I like, there aren't, I feel like, as good of ones as I like in the, in the um, Xfinity Series, but there's still ones I like. The two I like the most being uh, Ryan Blaney, at plus 4,000, and uh, Christopher Bell at plus 10,000. Already seen Christopher Bell win a race to get in. Does it again. I mean, it's certainly worth it. And Ryan Blaney at plus 4,000. First of all, like, I get he's behind, because I'll go over that in a second. Uh, he's behind by 18 points, but I don't think that's plus 4,000 worthy. Plus, Martinsville, probably the second track, second uh, best track for... Ryan Blaney that he has not won at. One being Texas, although he is kind of one at Texas now. But uh, to play the picture real quick with the playoff grid, uh, Joe Logano obviously locked in. Ross Chastain plus 19, Chase Elliott plus 11, William Byron plus 5, Denny Hamlin minus 5. All certainly in, in a battle. Uh, Ryan Blaney minus 18. Kind of, it's really going to depend on how the stages go for him in terms of... of um, what whether he's gonna have to win or not, and then the two guys that are in must wins: Christopher Bell minus thirty three and Chase Briscoe minus forty four. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already have money on Bell, but plus ten thousand as you know with Brandon Jones and Sam Air, very enticing. Uh, Bell, bad luck in these playoffs. I know he was able to get through it in the second round and win the Roval, but you know, you're having a strong day at Las Vegas. You get caught up in the. Kyle Larson and Bubba Wallace uh, incident, 
you know, not of his own due interest, wrong place, wrong time. That's kind of put him in this bad situation going into this race. If we were running the old cars, like if we were running Gen 6s still, I'd have a lot more faith in Christopher Bell, just given Joe Gibbs' track record here. Uh, but the spring race, just for whatever reason it was, uh, issues. I know Bell, I think he had, I feel like he had a pit penalty or something. Yeah, I think he was race. running good. Right. But but had a penalty or something. Yeah, he had something go wrong, because I remember him making pass-throughs on pit road, and that's, you know, he ended up finishing 20th. It looks like down. crew member uh, too over the wall too soon passed through. Yeah, just rough situation there. And obviously, I mean, Denny Hamlin was just out to lunch. Yeah, Denny Hamlin was just bad. He was, he was just bad. If they do that again, there's no chance he's making it to Phoenix this year. Uh, but, I mean, Kyle Busch, they used some, you know, I think he was one of the guys at the very yep. end of the race that actually put tires on and made up a couple spots. He got a top 10. The, um, with I, with Bell, despite know. the penalty, I will say, despite the penalty, uh, still had an average position of 10th in the race and was uh, as high as, it looks like, uh, third. <laughs> it was six at the midway point. So JVR was just so inconsistent there in the spring. That That's what but, I worry about. The fact that Bell was the only one with speed, though, and I think as an organ, like they found speed on road courses, they've continued to find speed elsewhere. I'm not, I mean, I, listen, I don't think he's super likely to go out and win, but I think it's worth plus 10,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is fair, I think. And, uh, and I don't know how I obviously the race odds will change a lot based on where they qualify. I don't know if the championship odds will. But I think you have a lot of chance to get some value depending on where they qualify. That's true. Uh, if Bell qualifies top five, I think that's really solid. Uh, if anyone other than Logano that needs to potentially, really anyone period other than Logano, uh, qualifies worse than probably 15th, I would be very hesitant to put my, any money on them for the championship at this point. Yeah, I mean every everything is so tight right now. It's it is going to come down to qualifying. That's something. Like if we you qualify worse than twentieth, I would say I think you have almost zero percent chance of getting any stage points in stage one for sure. I mean, you just got to look back at the spring. You know, Ross no, exactly. qualified twenty seventh. He didn't get a single stage point. So, I mean, I guess with Ross, since he is the the one closest. He he is the one that could probably qualify yeah. that far back and not be completely screwed. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I I think if he gets no stage points, that's gonna be really bad. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be an issue. Obviously, you don't want to get it. Like either. he's probably the only one that could get no stage points and still not have to win mm-hmm. to get in. Yeah. Uh, if everyone else probably sits to where if they don't get any stage points, they're probably going to have to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get in. Yeah, so I mean, just looking at that in terms of the championship odds, uh, you know, is is there anybody else that you really like there? Because obviously, I mean, like, getting value on no. Blake Bell. No, right. no, there's just <laughs> no. no one, no one. I haven't liked Chase this entire time. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's less, I feel less confident right now that he would get to the next round than I did starting this round, or get to the finale, than I did starting this round. Yet I'm almost positive his odds have gone up. Or down, depending on how you look at it. But I'm pretty sure he was plus. He was it was plus like 300 at the start of the round. He is plus 200 now. And I have not been. I've been off the Chase Elliott at least the odds because not that I 
I think it made sense the entire time that he is the favorite. Maybe not now, since Joey is locked in. Joey could certainly win at Phoenix. Uh, so probably shouldn't be the favorite now, especially because Chase is not even second in points. Uh, Chastain is. But I've always been uh, opposed to his odds, and I don't... It, Byron at 650, I don't hate. If Byron qualified on the pole and this didn't change, I would maybe consider that, because that's certainly better than you're going to get him at Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else, I don't think they're particularly comfortable to even make it to Phoenix. Other than Joey, obviously. Like, if you wanted to put money on Joey at plus 300, I would be fine. Like, I can't imagine his odds go get worse in terms of the payout. Right. Or, or, uh, or I guess, better. So you might like he's not going to be 350 next week. Like I think 300 is what he's going to be unless like we get something like of a you know if, like a Chase Briscoe wins the race and gets in then maybe his his odds go way up just cuz well, Chase Briscoe's would but maybe even Logano's cuz I feel like most people would basically cheat treat Chase even though he almost uh, I mean did win in the spring. I feel like the odds would not treat him kindly. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to, no. to win the championship, should he win to Martinsville? But I mean, that's somebody. It wouldn't shock me one bit if, like, we go into Phoenix and Chase Briscoe somehow gets in. And he's like plus one thousand. <laughs> like, right. No one else. No, I, I don't like them. I don't. I have yeah. not been a big fan of them. Just too much. Too wild. It's just too wild of a season, and I continue to feel that way. Um, if any one of these guys you do like them, I would still say wait until qualifying. Like if, if if Chase qualifies twenty fifth, he is definitely an underdog to even make Phoenix at that point. Well, it depends if there's anybody that's back there with him, I guess. Sure, sure, but it could happen. You know, it's it's the season that it's been, so it's certainly possible. But I, yeah, if 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 everyone else qualifies top ten and Chase is twenty fifth, I think he is definitely an underdog at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair. I don't know how. He could be plus 200 when he just like. No, exactly. He hasn't, hasn't had a great playoffs. Nope. I mean, I think his, his He's second. Been like, th- maybe it was 375 at one point. And I think those were the longest of odds he was uh, since we started the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, the fact that out. Now, he, you know, he did have a, a decent middle round. Could have maybe won Texas. It was early enough that I'm certainly not going to say he would have won Texas. But won Talladega. Certainly should have won at the Roval. Uh, so, but outside of that round, I mean, he's, I don't feel he's gotten, he's been bad for a championship favorite anyway. I mean, Las Vegas was awful. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas was awful. Well, it was, was decent until the end. Mm-hmm. They, they slid way back. So I mean, he had, had some issues there. I think, what was it? Was was he like pitting or something during the yellow? Is that what happened? They got like trapped. They in. still were kind of okay, but they just couldn't. They they recovered decent after that, but then just never really. Because they were running top five at points. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, at least at least they had it going in that direction there. Because man, that that Las Vegas that was just that was just bad. Yeah. That was a bad race. Um, you know, in terms of the people that I got, I mean, Bell plus ten thousand. Again, he's he's a long shot, but as you said, they did show at least speed in the spring. Ryan Blaney plus four thousand. That's probably the one that I would go with, uh, just because he has a better track record. Yeah, I mean, he certainly does not have to win to get in. Eighteen yeah. isn't a, is 
you don't feel confident about your chance to point your way in, but you certainly aren't in a must-win situation. Yeah. At least not in round, not going into the race. Possible right. by the final round you are, but. Yeah, and then, um, you know, Byron at 650, I'm with you. If, if comes qualifying, he's up near the front, and those odds don't change, I think that's a, a pretty solid one to pick. I feel pretty safe about that. Uh, Danny Hamlin, like, just no way. Yeah, I mean, I just don't like <laughs> any of the other ones. Like, they could certainly make it, but I just don't like them. Yeah, I mean. I don't think they're good. I mean, yeah, like, Ross. Out of the ones, because obviously Chase is a complete no-go. If I, Somebody after William Byron that's not one of the long shot guys, it's probably Ross, and that's just because he has the biggest buffer between the cut. Yeah. Um, Denny, like, Denny could go out and qualify in the pole, and I still wouldn't feel safe with them. That's just how bad they ran in the spring, and I don't expect them to, to be do- fair. To be fair, we saw that in 2020, and uh, he ran better mm-hmm. uh, when they came back, so. That was that was an even weirder race, though. There were so many people having problems. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like the only guy that was like legitimately stuck a lap down the whole time was Denny Hamlin, and maybe Kyle too. Yeah. So, hey, well, uh, we'll see uh, how those championship odds shake out, and um, you know, again, lottery pick wise, uh, Chase Briscoe and. Christopher Bell, if you want a ticket for the championship, those are probably the guys to put at least a couple dollars on. But in terms of winning the race, uh, Chase Elliott, you could get at least that plus 650. Yeah, you could. You shouldn't, but you could. You could. Um, Who's your guy to win this race? Are you going with the playoff guys? I am. I am going to a playoff guy and a playoff guy who I like here. Uh, Ryan Blaney plus 800. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That is a good one. If you uh, I, you know, you know, why I'm not going with it because I'm I'm holding out hope. Ryan Blaney points his way in, and then he finishes second to like Kyle Larson at Phoenix. Because man, you get the five car winning the owners championship, and then Ryan Blaney going winless, having not even made the owners playoffs, winning the drivers title. Uh, that would just sum up the season. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping for. Not going to go with Ryan Blaney to win the race. You know, a little bit, a little bit of a surprise, but I like how they've been running over the last couple weeks. They seem to be going in the right direction. Only two races left in this car with this sponsor. They're bringing the cool Halloween paint scheme on that M&M's Toyota Camry. Give me Kyle Busch plus 1500. Uh, again, you know, similar, just kind of a, a gut feeling, but I have liked the momentum they've been building over the last couple of weeks. And you know, Kyle wants to go out and get a win before he's uh, done in that car. I think there would be nothing. Well, Kyle, that- Kyle would absolutely love to to say this is what y'all left. Let leave. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing more than that in terms of things he would like to do. So. You know, a little little further back, plus 1,500, but Kyle's very good at Martinsville. Came close to winning this race last year uh, that would have gotten him to the Final Four. And I know he's already out of the playoffs now, and he's just, his colleague would say, you know, trophy hunting. But uh, I think there'd be nothing sweeter for him than to go out and get this win on his way out the door. And uh, take the clock with him, too, over to RCR. I'm sure they won't mind that. So Kyle Busch, a little bit of an upset, I'm sure, to some people, but that's my guy to win this race. Uh, value picks. As always, who's uh, further back there that you're looking at? This one, I will not lie, is definitely out there. 
but he's had a good few weeks, good few races in this car, has a good history here, and uh, yeah, I'm just AJ Allmendinger plus uh, plus three thousand. I mean, with how he's run at Homestead <laughs> in both those races last week, uh, you're definitely spot on in terms of uh, looking better. And I mean, I think we mentioned it in the last episode that he's on a streak of like six straight cup starts with top tens. Like they really have it going in. The it might be like right eight now. or something like that. Like it yeah. is. It's it's up there. It's a it's lot. It, it it is now. He does cherry pick, so you expect him to be better than the full, but it's definitely the longest streak in the in the series right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I mean, there are a couple guys that I am looking at in terms of value picks. You know, he's in the Toyota, so this is probably what scares me off on him, but, you know, Martinsville is a very good track for Bubba Wallace. is one here in the truck series. Again, just not not sure what I'm going to get out of those Toyotas. I know I picked Kyle to win the race, but I think Kyle's driving with just a, a chip on his shoulder. And you know what? Bubba probably is, too. So maybe he is the, the guy to go look at in terms of the value picks. Um, I know another one is Austin Dillon. That's somebody that ran good here in the spring. He challenged William Byron late in this race on a couple of late restarts. Ended up finishing third, I believe. But the guy I'm going with is somebody who was also racing with Kyle Busch trying to get by Alex Bowman on that last restart last year to punch his ticket to the Final Four. And that's Brad Keselowski, plus 3,000. Really like what I've seen out of the team in the playoffs. Another driver, as you said, with AJ, he's had a pretty good track record here at Martinsville in the past. And coming off, you know, arguably, probably not his best race in the sixth car this year. I'd have to give that to Bristol. Looked like he was in position to win before he had the tire go down. But a very strong run at Homestead. Um, I just, I like Brad plus 3000. He's been back there in terms of the odds all year. Uh, but this is the first time in a while that I feel like, yeah, you know, at that, that odd, give me a guy who's won a cup championship before I give me a guy that's won at Martinsville multiple times. I think that's a pretty solid pick there given the odds. Going over to the group bets, uh, Got four groups this week. I know we only had three last week, I believe, when we did it, and I felt that was a little odd, but hey, giving us uh, an extra one to throw our money away. Because, <laughs> man, I, I just don't know. This race, it's either going to be really boring or it's going to be a, a cluster at the end. So who knows? But based off what we saw in the spring and what these groups are, Group A, Chase Elliott plus 230, Denny Hamlin plus 250, William Byron plus 290, and Ryan Blaney plus 290. I'm going with my pick to win, Ryan Blaney, plus 290. I'm going to go with William Byron, plus 290 uh, as well. I like him a little bit more than Blaney, probably just because he won this race in the spring. But I have a little bit more faith in those Hendrick cars qualifying here. Spartansville is a great track for them, and they were very fast in the spring. Started up near the front. I think that's going to continue. And... uh, you know, Byron, I think uh, I think that's the guy. I think in this group, he's going to be the one to win it. Group B, Joey Logano, plus 220. Martin Tricks Jr., plus 240. Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain at plus 300. I'm going Christopher Bell, plus 300. Yeah, I think I think I'm going the same here. I mean, that's somebody he's obviously going to go out there. He's going to probably do everything in his power to win this race. 
Uh, Joey Logano plus two twenty. Uh, you know, again, kind of similar to what I feel about Noah Gregson. How how much are they going to push it? For whatever reason, it's probably just because Joey's Joey and he's been in the sport longer. I feel like Joey he'd wreck anybody to win a race. So, um, him at plus two twenty. I, I don't have as much hesitation with him in terms of how they're going to run. He's probably going to run a million miles an hour and try to go out there and get the checkered flag, but. I'm with you. I think I think Bell's a slightly better pick here. Just Ross Chastain, you know, this would be a track where if anybody wanted to pay him back, it'd be a very good place to do it. And Martin Truex Jr. at this point, something will go wrong by the end of the race. So I don't expect him to win this group. Group C, we have last week's winner, Kyle Larson at plus 200, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick at plus 250, and Tyler Reddick at plus 400. Um. We're going to pick the same one here, Kyle Busch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had him written down before you even mentioned. He's just been on a good streak this this uh, few last few weeks and arguably the best driver of these four at this track anyway. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Larson, man, he's uh, he's just not good at Martinsville. Even, even since coming over to Hendrick, he's, uh, he's it's been probably, better, but it's still not been great. Yeah, still, still not good. If I didn't already pick Kyle to win this race, Tyler Reddick at plus 400 would be very tempting, just given the odds. Um, but, you know, I already have my uh, my wagon hitched with, uh, you know, the 18 cars. So we'll uh, we'll keep it that way. We'll go with Kyle Busch. And last but not least, we have Group D, and that is Brad Keselowski plus 200, Bubba Wallace plus 290, Eric Amarola and Austin Dillon also at plus 290. I'm going Bubba Wallace plus 290. I feel like I have to take Brad because he was my value pick. I, I, it's, I will say that there's a big enough gap here. 90, 200 versus, for Brad versus 290 for the other three. Now, if you picked Eric Almirola, I probably would call you stupid. But you mentioned both Austin Dillon and Bubba Wallace as, yeah. as guys that you could see as value picks. So if you didn't want to go with Brad, I, I don't think, you know, it would yeah. be the worst, the dumbest thing in the world. I'm still going to go with Brad because he was my value guy. But Austin Dillon, to me, at plus 290, given how he ran in the spring, uh, very, very tempting. So that would that'd be my 1B pick there. But pencil me in for Brad Keselowski as I, I did pick him as my value guy to win this race. So we'll stick with that. Going over to the fantasy side of things now. Um, again, similar to the Xfinity series, I think there's a lot of... Well, the price is all over the place. It's very typical when you play the fantasy games. But uh, what's your team looking like? Uh, I'm going with Ryan Blaney, 10,400. Kyle Busch, 8,900. Bubba Wallace, 7,900. AJ Almeninger, 7,700. Brad Kozlowski, 7,500. All guys we already talked about. Uh, last guy, Eric Jones, 6,700. It's just been a good, good driver this year. Uh, this team, back when they were bad, I mean, this was one of the few places you expect them to run. Good part of that being just that bubble was good here, but uh, six seven hundred for that team feels like pretty good value. I mean, they are a realistically top twenty team every week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, some very good picks there. I would say, uh, looking at my team, obviously going with Kyle Busch. You know, it's my guy to win the race. And I think he's going to be able to put together a, a pretty solid day in terms of uh, fantasy points as well. Uh, next up, give me William Byron at 10,800. Uh, 
again, you know, one of the two guys that really dominated this race in the spring, uh, granted, you know, qualified up front, had a good pit stop, got him out front. But at the end of the day, he's in a Hendrick car. And I think he's probably, probably the best Hendrick car right now. Maybe you could go Kyle Larson, but in terms of people still in the playoffs, he is better than Chase. I think he's going to run better than Chase on Sunday. So give me Byron here, 10,800. Um, next up, Bubba Wallace. Wrong guy, same concept in terms of being good at Martinsville. <laughs> Austin Dillon, 7,600. Uh, again, good in the spring, coming off of a strong run at Homestead. I think he's a solid pick. 7,500. Brad Keselowski, also going to be on my team. Somebody else that's coming off of a very good week, as I've already said, and is historically good at Martinsville. Uh, Joey Logano, 10,000. Again, I don't know how hard he's going to push it, but I expect him to still run, you know, top 10, top 5. He'll probably be there comes the end of the day. Might not push the envelope in terms of trying to go out there and win the race, but I, I expect a strong showing. And last but not least, at 5,100, give me the guy that just got his first career modified win, Corey LaJoy. Uh, just picked up the win in the modified race uh, shortly, uh, you know, yeah, a little, a little while ago. I and, was going to uh, save that for the any last words. <laughs> I had it ready and everything. I was going to say yes. And collecting his first win of anything of note since 2016. Corey LaJoy wins Martinsville. Yeah. Well, and the Modifieds. Yes. Uh, congrats, but congrats to Corey, Corey LaJoy. Congrats, Corey LaJoy. Hey, you get a... You get a nice, nice trophy. They were giving out a clock there for the modifieds too. So I, I, I've been pretty critical of that team this year. Uh, that team being Spire, but good for Corey LaJoy. It's certainly, I don't think from a lack of effort of the people actually involved with that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Corey LaJoy, fifty one hundred. He's he's had some decent showings at Martinsville in the past. So pretty solid price. Going to be uh, having a lot of momentum off the win and. Uh, that's uh, that's the guy that wraps it up for the team. Uh, if you want, you could still congratulate Corey again here as we're about to wrap it up. Uh, you just want to do that again or anything else you want to say? <laughs> no, I mean, it's cool to see a guy like Corey win. He um, has certainly done a lot with very, very little. So um, it's good to see him win something. Uh, you know, as for me, uh, speaking of the Modifieds, obviously they had their... Last race of the season that just wrapped up. Corey LaJoy getting the win. Uh, who was it? Joe Joe McKennedy, the champion? Is that who ended up getting the title? That is right. That is right. Yes, yes. Joe McKennedy, 2022 NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour champ. So congratulations to him. And also got announced today the Wheel and Modified schedule. I like what I've been seeing out of the series over the last couple of years. They've really been growing the schedule. It looks like tentatively we have... 17 races that we already know where they're going to be at. Looks like two more that are to be announced. Uh, but, you know, a 19 race slate for the modified tour uh, starts in New Smyrna next year uh, in February, you know, right around speed weeks. And it's going to go to Martinsville in the fall. Again, I always say it when I get a chance to talk about them. Uh, really, really fun series to watch. Uh, definitely. If you're in the area, go check about it. New Hampshire. Uh, in the summertime, they always put on a great show. But, you know, great racing. Uh, large slate of races next year. Again, this is one of the, you know, longest schedules that they've had in a long time. And I uh, I can't wait for that. As somebody that's up in New England and follows them rather closely, uh, I think that's going to be a really good year. And they're going to some pretty awesome tracks, as always. So, you know, congrats to Corey LaJoy on winning the modified race. Congrats to Joe McKennedy on winning the championship. And uh, I can't wait for the mods next year. 
you know, so should be a fun time. And hopefully the rest of the races this week at Martinsville are going to be good, hoping that they're better than the spring. Did sound like Goodyear's bringing a different tire compound. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, you know, if it generates some wear, maybe you'll see a little bit more movement with the cars. Maybe you'll see more passing. And I'm, I'm sure if that's the case and that's what happens, everybody will love that. But until next time, guys, we'll be back, of course, after all the racing is done this weekend. Hopefully everything goes a lot better than the spring. And uh, we will break it down for you. So until next time, thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.